Now, the last few weeks we've been talking about Jesus' cross and what it means. We've said the cross equals. So what does the cross equal? Equals is just our way of saying, what does the cross mean? Why did Jesus die? What did it do? What does it mean? So we've said this, the cross equals a new mind. Because Jesus died, I can have new thoughts. Then we said, the cross equals a new identity. And then we said, the cross equals a new relationship. Today, I just want to simply say, on Resurrection Sunday, the cross equals a new you. Now, on, uh, in our society, we use a lot of symbols to communicate. So sometimes you might see like a little apple. And if you see an apple, you know what that means. That means that you have an apple product, right? That's their, that's their symbol. That's their logo. Nobody's confused. Nobody thinks that's Microsoft. Everybody knows what that means. And then maybe if you see the little swoosh, you'll know that we're talking about Nike, right? In some of your minds right now, you said, just do it. Where did that come from? Because that symbol means something. A couple weeks ago, we put this symbol up. Now, if any of you says that's a pound sign, like you're not on the Internet, that's a hashtag. It's a whole different symbol now. And then uh, maybe you've seen this one. Um, yes, I guess we should have put versus Superman. I, I, you know, I don't know. Maybe that would have been a little bit better. But I don't know if, uh, if you remember, we use a lot of symbols, so symbols mean things. And that's how we communicate in America through marketing and signs and colors and all this. I don't know if you remember several years ago, I don't know what got in the water in like uh, companies trying to sell their product. But everything was new and improved. Anybody, anybody, you remember this? It's okay to raise your hand. I'm not taking money or anything. Anybody remember it besides me? Okay, eight of you. I'm so glad this is going to go over great. (laughs) New and improved. Everything was new and improved. This is the old Raisin Bread. So let me just show you some products that were new and improved. Uh, This is the original version of oatmeal, old-fashioned Quaker Oaks. But they weren't selling enough, so they wanted to do something really awesome. And now here's what they did. It's the same thing. (laughs) Like, what can you do to oatmeal? How can you improve oatmeal? It's oatmeal, right? Okay, so you kind of get where we're going. Okay, now maybe you remember this. The original was Kraft Macaroni and Cheese, but they said, oh, no, 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 no. This is not your mama's Kraft Macaroni and Cheese. This is so good. Anybody remember this? We're going to have to change it into Kraft. What's the next one? Cheese and Macaroni. Oh, yeah. Totally different. Totally different product. And then maybe you remember this product, uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken. And they said, oh, no, 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 this isn't old chicken, this is new chicken. So now what is it? KFC. You been to a KFC lately? No, because it closed. (laughs) Because it didn't work, right? All right. And and then I don't know, uh, give me the next one. I don't know how many times we're going to see this. How many of you remember when the McGrill first came out, right? You said, man... I didn't know that potted meat could take that form. I didn't know that could do that, put some sauce on it, right? This is the new Shazam. And then one that's always kind of baffled me is, uh, is this one right here. I don't know if you remember, we had cigarettes. Now there's new and improved. These will kill you in a different way than the old ones, <laughs> right? You might die one or two days slower, but, man, it's new and improved. It's incredible. Well, now, let's look at this. What does this symbol mean? Every symbol says something. This symbol means that you can have a new you. 
It means you can have a new life. Now, maybe you say this morning, but whoa, whoa, how can how do we know that's true? How do we know this isn't the same oatmeal or the same KFC chicken just said a new way? How do we know that? After all, do you know how many hypocrites there are? You know what? I think there's more than you think. I think there's a lot more hypocrites than you think. Uh, what standard do we use to measure who's a hypocrite and who's not? How close to perfect do you have to be to not be a hypocrite anymore? 50%? 75? 90? Well, I can tell you, you wouldn't even have to ask the question. The Bible answers the question for us. There's only one standard that'll do. It's 100% perfect. Jesus was the only non-hypocrite. There's never been another one, and there never will be another one. So you can't judge what's true by the followers of something. You have to judge it by the standard. And our standard is Jesus, and he's the only non-hypocrite that ever lived. Wouldn't we all be better off following him rather than criticizing other people for how they're trying to follow him? Maybe you say, well, how do we know this is the real thing? There's so much pain and suffering in the world yes yes there is there's a lot of pain and a lot of suffering and you can see in Genesis the beginning of the whole creation when God is practically on his knees begging Adam and Eve not to sin and to follow him please don't do this you don't know what you're doing and you don't know what's going to happen when you do it and Adam and Eve did it and every person who's ever lived has done it since they did it and we keep unleashing unfathomable suffering in the world because we, we turn away from God. And that's not a punishment. God's not punishing God. Punishment is hell. That's not punishment. That's the way it is. That's the way the universe works. And so God says, please, please don't do that. Uh, maybe you say, how do we know it's the real thing? Christians are always going around saying there's only one way to God. How can there really be just one way to God? Aren't always equal? Well, no. Always aren't equal. Why? Christianity is the only religion in the world that required its own God to die. So when other religions' God starts to die to save its own people, then we can have a conversation about maybe there's another way. But Christianity is the only religion that had, that, who required its own God to die. Maybe you look around the world, and I mean, we live in a very skeptical world. You know, Christianity is led by people that are power hungry. You must be referring to Jesus' apostles, who were all poor, who never made any money, who, who died without any possessions to their name, who had no power, who were persecuted by Romans and persecuted by their own religious leaders, and who all died a martyr's death. Or maybe you're referring to the 70 million Christians who have died a martyr's death because of their faith since Jesus walked the earth till now, and the majority of those were martyred in the last 100 years. In the Middle East, in North Korea, in China. People have been stabbed and tortured and beaten and taken out of their homes, their children taken from their beds in the middle of the night. Martyred. I'm not saying that sometimes power-hungry people haven't hijacked Christianity to gain power. But they're not power-hungry because they're Christian. They were power-hungry before they ever claimed to know Christ. Christianity is just their latest way to try to get power. 
But that's not a mark on Christianity. See, here's, here's what I realized. Every objection of, on to where is Christianity, the real thing, did Jesus really come back from the dead and what does the cross mean? Every objection has one thing in common. It puts the focus everywhere but on me. What about your heart? What about you? What's the condition of your soul? What's the condition of your mind? See, when we look at the cross, we have to see ourselves in the right perspective. When we think about Jesus' death on the cross, I do this, you probably do it, we tend to identify with Jesus because we look back over 2,000 years and we say, we see the cross through his eyes and we say, poor Jesus, never did anything wrong to anybody. Never hurt anybody, never mistreated anybody. There's no record in, in the scripture or otherwise of Jesus ever mistreating anybody or hurting anybody or sinning or stealing or lying or doing anything wrong. And we say, look at what these bad people did to him. But we look at it from the wrong perspective. We were the soldiers. We were the religious hypocrites. We were the ones who were guilty. We were the ones in the crowd yelling, crucify him, or at least our sin did. You may say this morning, I didn't come to church to be told I was a liar. How many of you, let's do a little poll. How many of you have ever told a lie? I've told a lie. Oh my gosh, the roof almost fell. You liars. All right, let's get a little more interesting. How many of you have ever had a speeding ticket? (laughs) This is a good Easter. How many of you... Come on now, let's go. You're, you're scared, aren't you? How, hey, everybody put your phones up. Nobody needs pictures of this. Be posting this later, somebody's hand raised. How many of you have ever stolen something? You thieves, lock everything. Clark, lock everything. I still remember in kindergarten, Miss Moore, my kindergarten teacher, said, would you go in my desk drawer and get a pencil? And I opened that drawer, and there's a little mini candy bar in there. I started sweating. Oh, it looks so good. I could feel the saliva running through my mouth. I could see it, and my sweaty little kindergarten grubber hands grabbed it, and I took it and put it in my pocket. Far as I know, she never knew it. And that thing melted in my pocket, and once I got it in my lips, I jammed it down. It was nasty, and I thought, eh, why did I do that? All right, how many of you have ever murdered? No, 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 wait, 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 wait. Let's stop, let's stop. That could get weird. That could get a little creepy. Don't need anybody packing today or nothing like that. By definition of, of there even needing to be a cross, that tells us, that we all had something to do with him dying. Or why else would we even need one? So what does this cross mean? This cross means there can be a new you. Second Corinthians, maybe you're saying, he hasn't even talked from the Bible yet. Hang on. Second Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... The new creation has come, the old is gone, and the new is here. What does that 
mean? It means that your nature can change and your identity can change and your desires can change and your relationships can change. See, the best that we have to offer in and of ourselves is we just try to mash together some improved version of our old self. We just keep attaching and putting new clothes on and new ideas and new systems and new plans and self-help strategies. I've been to the bookstore. I've seen them. There's aisles and aisles of how do I make myself better. Jesus isn't in the business of making anybody better. He's not going to improve the old self. He's going to change the old self into a new self. All old things have gone and all things have become new. That doesn't mean it'll be perfect. How do we know? How do we know Jesus offers a whole new life. Maybe you're saying, wait a minute. You don't know where I work. There's this lady that's one cubicle over, and she's always talking about God. And she's always talking about church. And she's always talking about people. Bad. She's a gossip. And, and if, if Christ was really real and he could really make a new you, why does she act that way? Well, the, the part of the answer there is, number one, not everybody who claims to be a Christian is. I don't know the lady you work with. Number two, not everybody who's a Christian, or let me say it another way, everybody who's a Christian isn't perfect yet. Hadn't met the standard. For you to really understand if there's been a change in her life, you have to know how much she used to talk about people. You should have seen her before she met Jesus. She was a mess. You can't compare her to somebody else who never did it. you got to compare her to the old her. Jesus can make a whole new life. What does it mean to be a new person? A couple things, three things. Number one, it means you can change. It means you can change. You can get a redo. It doesn't mean you'll be perfect. You'll never make a mistake. It doesn't even mean you'll never sin again. You might steal a candy bar from your teacher's desk. But it means your nature, your soul can change. It can be a new soul. Second thing is, it means that you'll have the potential to be like Jesus. Now, how close you become to being like Jesus will be determined by your own choices. But before you meet Jesus, before you understand the resurrection of the cross, before you receive forgiveness, before you follow him, you have no choice. You can't be like him. You have no potential to be like him. But once you meet him, you've got potential to be like him. And everybody in every corner of the earth, whether they're, whether they're Christian or non-Christian or other religion or whatever, all says Jesus was a really good guy. Everybody agrees on that. I've never read anything that agree on that. Everybody agrees with that. You have the potential to be like Jesus when you're a new person. Here's the third thing. You have a new best friend. God said he would never leave you. He will be present every second of your life as long as you live, and he'll always be close. He'll always be close. I was thinking this week about people that I knew whose life had really changed. And uh, I, uh, I saw, when I came in this morning, I saw uh, Pam, Pam Conville. Your mom's here. I don't think she's ever been here when we talked about you before. <laughs> but she's here now. Pam was a, a school teacher in the Hoover City school system for 17 years. Didn't own a Bible, never been to a church, never, never been a church member anywhere. 
And she came to a Christmas play that we did. And she said, you know, those people are weird. There's something about them. What is that about? So she said, I want to go to the church the next morning. She came to church. And, and in, a, in a time, she found Jesus. Jesus changed her life. Am I telling the truth? And her hunger to know about what's in the Bible and what Jesus' life is like and what it means has, has made a huge impact. You don't, probably don't even know this. Made an impact in people around you. In our church. I hear them talk about you. Because she's a new creation. And let me tell you, I'll never forget the Sunday. Just so you think I'm not selling. Oh, you just, you know, make the, make the deal and your life will be perfect. Let me, let me tell you what Pam said to me once. I'll never forget the Sunday. I stopped in this aisle right here. You're about midway. And you, you, I reached over to say hi. And you reminded me that uh, uh, Pam had a terrible tragedy. Her 30-year-old son, uh, she lost her 30-year-old son. He died. I don't mean to make Easter painful for you. But she said to me, 10 years ago, I lost a loved one. And I didn't know Jesus. And I suffered so much. She said, and I'm hurting now. Now that my son's gone, I'm hurting. I can't imagine a worse pain than a parent losing a child. But she said, but I can't describe for you the difference and how I'm coping with this now that I have a relationship with Jesus versus before. Am I telling the truth? I'll never forget the Sunday she said that to me. And in my mind I said, well if Jesus can help with that, like I think everything else is in bounds, He can help with anything else. There's a young lady uh, who was a part of our church for a long time named Kimbo Boyd. A lot of you uh, MCs know her. Kimbo was a teenage alcoholic. She had no hope. She had bad background. Kimbo went through our, our Master's Commission College program. She's in Arkansas today finishing her fourth year of college, and she'll be the first college graduate in our entire family. Because she became a new person. Not a perfect person, but a new person. I'll never forget a um, huge event that happened in our family's life. Uh, my wife was uh, born, and uh, not born, but she moved here at four years old. Their family, when she was a young girl, about 12 or 13, their family went through dramatic pain, dramatic pain. As a young 13-year-old who sort of lost her mom, not knowing how to handle everything, she became angry and angry with God and acted that anger out in rebellion through her high school years. And a few years ago, we went back to her 20-year reunion. And out of 400, 380-something, 400, Thompson High School, she graduated from in 1988. We went back in, what is that, 2008? We went back to her 20-year reunion, and the class voted her most changed. The class of mostly hellions <laughs> voted her. I just want to make sure you understood what I was saying. Most changed. That's not self-improvement. It's not I finally got my act together. It's not I'm more determined than I've ever been. It's that I can't change myself, but he can. And he changed me. 
I, I was looking for, uh, may, maybe they're in second service or maybe I've overlooked them. My, Michael and Allie Kriska. Are you guys in this service? Maybe, maybe I'll see them next service. Michael, uh, I have a real affinity for Michael. He's from Pittsburgh, and he moved down. We had him in a newcomer's lunch about four or five years ago, and he was decked out head to toe in Pittsburgh Steelers stuff. I'm like a Pittsburgh Steeler, like, you know, Jesus and the Steelers. Like, I'm right there. You know, I, I'm there. And I saw him, and I said, hey, man, welcome home. He's like, what's your name? <laughs> I had to tell him who I was. And so we kind of hit it off. But I'll tell you something. Michael grew up, he and his uh, girlfriend at the time were, were a tattoo artist. And they moved here, didn't really know anybody. And I want to tell you something. Those of you who know them, their life has changed. Changed. I'm telling the truth. One more. There's a, a young lady who went to Hoover High School who was a self-professed uh, atheist. And one of the teenagers in our church reached out to her and uh, just felt like God really directed him to reach out to her. And he did. She's an atheist. She don't have nothing to do with God or church or anything like that. Would you just come to youth service with me? Finally, she came. She came to youth service. And, and she, like, wasn't buying it, but she came every week. She wouldn't miss. And she had a lot of really hard questions. But, but after several months... She prayed and asked Jesus to forgive her, and she committed her life to following him. And in the next few years, she went to UAB, and she sang on the worship team in our youth room, and in our youth ministry, and she, uh, through those four years at UAB, she was a youth worker. Uh, she poured back into the same teenagers that she was one of. And then she went through our master's commission school. And, and today, this used to be atheist, is in Honduras teaching English. I want to show you a picture of her. That's her. She's teaching English. Jennifer Thomas teaching English in Honduras at a church school ministering the gospel every week. Isn't that awesome? Incredible. Now... Here's the key question this morning. Why? Why does the cross equal a new you? Why? Here's the simple answer. Because he did not stay there. If he stayed there... Or he stayed in the grave, it equals a new nothing. But you show me any religious leader in world history whose body we can't find. Name one. The guy that can predict his own death and resurrection and then pull it off, that's the guy I'm following. That's the one I'm going to go, okay, maybe I should listen to the rest of the stuff that you said too. We don't know where his body is because he's not there. And the reason the cross equals a new you is because he's not on it anymore. Romans 8.11 says, And if the Spirit of him, the Holy Spirit, who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his Spirit who lives in you. An alive Jesus means a new you. 
An alive Jesus changes everything. The same power that brought Jesus back from the dead can bring you to life, can make you a new person, can bring change. So this morning, I I wanted to make sure that we had enough time so we could pray for a few minutes on Easter. Like, I think it's awesome that you came on Easter Sunday, and and I appreciate the way that you've listened. But there's a really important part here that's missing. How do you participate? How How do you respond? If Jesus isn't dead, it means he's alive. If he's alive, what should you do? What does that mean? It means that you have an opportunity for a redo. So here's what I was was thinking this morning. Would you take the card out that uh, we gave you at the beginning of the service in your bulletin, the welcome card? And if you haven't had a chance to fill it out yet, would you just take a minute and as I'm talking, would you just take a minute and fill that out? Some of you... Today's an important day of decision. Some of you need a new start. Some of you need a new you. (laughs) Boy, I did. I I wish I had more time. I could tell you another dozen stories. Man, I needed a new me bad. And Jesus gave me one. And my life is so dramatically different than it ever was when I first met him. There's a few things I want to talk to you about as we prepare to pray. If you need a new start, if you need a new you, if you need a redo. Or maybe you say, I know who God is and like I have followed him some. But not so much recently. Maybe you need to reconnect. And... We want to pray with you about that. Some of you are here, and and, um, I was thinking that this whole deal with the cross is 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 a big deal because we look at it and we see the pain, right? Well, whoever's eyes we look at it through, we see the pain. Jesus suffered. He heard. He was beaten. Nails were driven in his uh, hands and feet. Thorns driven into his skull. He, he, the most barbaric form of execution is crucifixion. You just, you just suffer to death. That's what happens. Some of you this morning are in situations, I know you are because I read the cards last year. Some of you are in situations where you just hurt. You just hurt. You're just in a bad spot. You're in a bad spot in your marriage. You're in a bad spot at work. You're in a bad spot in your in addiction. You're in a bad spot in your emotions. You're just in a bad spot. You just hurt. And here's what I want to say to you today. If God could take something as nasty and terrible and painful as the cross, and He could redeem it and make it the salvation 
for the whole world. I bet you God can take the pain you're going through and He can somehow use it for good. I bet He can turn this around and I bet He can, I bet he can encourage you today and I bet He can use it for good. Some of you may be like Jennifer Thomas, the girl who went to Hoover High School and was an atheist, said, hey, I'm here with a friend. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really need any of this. I just came because it's Easter. I came to be with my mom. I came with my family member. Whatever. But I, I really need to get back to doing my deal. I don't really buy all this. Neither did she. And I don't know which service she was in that that did it for her in her mind. I don't know. I don't know what moment was the moment. I don't know. I don't know. And maybe you're in that part. Maybe you're just in that season there where maybe today's not the day. Maybe you're not ready. Maybe today's the day you say, like I'm a little more interested than I was. Maybe I need to hear some more. But man, I'm, I'm not there. You know, I would love to pray for you. Just to pray for you. That's it. just want to pray for you. And let's just ask God. God, if you're real, and God, if you're here, would you help me to know that? Would you help me to see you? Would you help me to know? I don't mean physically see, but would you, would you help me to see signs? That you're real, and you're around, and you're here, and you love me. And you're trying to reach me. So I want to pray with you today. I, I want to ask you if you just stand with me. And, and I'll tell you in a few minutes how to fill this card out. I want to ask our prayer team to come. And I want to ask you, we're plenty early. Plenty early. I just want to ask you to get in a place you can stand still for a few minutes. For two or three minutes. I'm not going to hold you long. You'll be out in plenty of time to do everything that you had planned to do today. But if you just kind of get in a spot that you could be comfortable and still and close your eyes, just kind of shut off everything that's around you. This morning, if you're here and you say, you know what? Today, I'm going through a lot of pain. And man, I heard what you said about God taking something as bad as the cross and making something good out of it. And I need him to do that in my life today. Would you just pray for me? With every eye closed, would you just lift your hand and say, man, that's me. Would you pray for me? Would you pray for me? Yeah. Yeah. We're, nobody's going to embarrass you or hurt you or anything like that. Just lift your hand. Yes. I see it. Yeah. Who else? Just lift your hand and say, would you pray for me? Man, there's some stuff. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, sir. I see you in the back. All the way in the back. I see your hand. Thank you. Yeah, I'll pray for you. Glad that in the middle, I see you. Glad to pray for you. Yes. Yes, ma'am. I see it. Thank you. Yeah. Would you pray for me? Man, I'm going through some stuff. I just need God to make good out of it. Yeah, I see your hands. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. I like that. Raise your hand in belief. I'm going to believe God. Yes, in the balcony. Yep. I see, I see your hands. All three of them. Yeah. If you're here and you say, I need, I need a new start. 
I need a redo. I need change. I need a new me. And I realize it today. Would you lift your hand and say, that's me, and I know it's me. I need a new start today. Would you lift your hand? Just lift it up. I want to pray for you. I need a new start. I need a new me. I need a do-over. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much. Yeah. I need to reconnect with God. I've been, I've been a long way away, and I, I need Him today. I need to reconnect. You just lift your hand. Yeah, it's okay. Yes, sir. Thank you. I see your hand. Yeah. I see it. Thank you so much. I just want to take a minute and pray with you. If you're here and you say, now, I, I really don't want anybody to look because I want this to be private. If you're here and you say, I'm not there, but like you said, would you pray for me because I want to, I want to ask God to show me if he's real or not. I'm just not there. I'm not ready to follow him. I'm not ready to accept him. I'm not totally bought in on all this, but I want to ask God to, to show me. Would you just lift your hand? I want to pray for you. I will pray for you today lift your hand. I'm not going to embarrass you. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to sign up for nothing. Anybody at all, you're in that place. I just want to pray for you. Yeah, I see your hand. Thank you. Somebody else. I see your hand. Thank you. Somebody else. A few more seconds and I'm going to pray. Anybody else? All right, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to pray for you. And what I want you to do as I start praying for you, I don't know what your church tradition is. I don't know how, what experience you've had. But we have a team of people who want to pray with you. If you have pain in your life, you want God to redeem. If you need a new start, if you need a new change. If you, if you just want God to prove to you He's real somehow. I'm going to pray for you, but I want to ask you as I pray for your need, I want to ask you just to come and let one of these folks pray for you. Look, none of these people are perfect, but these are confidential people. They're safe people. Kingwood is very much a safe place, and they want to pray for you today, and they want to pray with you today. And I want to ask you to take that step. Something will change in you when you act on what you're feeling. When you act on it, something's going to change. When you don't act, nothing changes. And so when I pray for you, I want to ask you to come. Lord, I thank you today for your goodness. I thank you for resurrection power. And I pray for everyone in the room who lifted their hand and said, there's pain in my life and I'm hurting. And I need God to make some good out of it. If that's you, would you come right now? Come right now. Come right now. Come right now. And just let the prayer team pray with you. Come right now. Lord, we thank you today. We thank you today that you can redeem bad situations. We thank you today that you can make good come from bad. And today, Lord, we meet you in that place. You're hurting this morning. We want to pray with you. We want to pray with you. I want to pray for everybody now that needs change. Lord, I pray today for those who need change and those who say, I need to reach out to you. Would you come right now if you lifted your hand? The balcony and the floor will wait for you. I need change. We just want to pray with you. We want somebody to meet you here, to know your name, and to pray for you personally. Lord, I love you today. I thank you. 
I thank you for what you're doing in this room. I thank you for the people that are moving. I thank you for the change that's coming. I thank you for the new life that's happening. I thank you for the bad situations that you're redeeming. And maybe you're here and you say, you know, I don't know if God's real, but I want to ask God to prove himself to me. This would be a giant step of faith for you. But would you come right now and let us just pray for you? Nobody will judge you. Nobody will criticize you. You're safe here. You're home. We just want to pray for you. Lord, I pray today for the one who says, I don't know if God's real or not, but their heart's curious. God, I pray today that you would reveal yourself. I pray today that you would make yourself known. I pray today that you would show us who you are and what you're doing. Lord, I pray that you would do something right now to let us know your love. We believe you, Lord. We believe you.